0: This is TLDR Podcast, where we
1: talk sports, MLBs, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, nobody understands Westworld, and more, top 10 alcoholic beverages, with your hosts,
2: Alex, yeah boy, Eric, yo, James, the San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league, Traded. oh,
3: sit down bud,
0: and Tyler, oh damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you.
3: What kind of cockamamie bullshit is (laughs) Adam Silver
0: thinking? They're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's not finishing. It's the middle of the season. I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor.
2: everybody welcome to tldr podcast episode 72 ladies and gentlemen i am back eric is not for those of you who don't know me my name is james and today we're still on a power kill power play penalty, penalty kill penalty yeah. kill i know my hockey The longest obviously. penalty kill in history yeah. yeah it's like seven episodes deep because eric is still not here and alex has a work thing probably playing golf drinking yeah. beer at night in Paso, doing Alex things, but I'm joined by Traden and Tyler, the two T's who have been here the entire time. I've mm-hmm. yet to miss an episode for maybe 20 episodes. Yeah. So they're they're like the Ironmen of TLDR Podcast right here. No, I think they played a hockey game last night. I could be oh. wrong. Did you guys did. play a hockey game? They did. They did. Traden has some shit to say about the hockey game. Let's uh
3: Oh, that was that game was like that was probably the worst our teams ever played. Yeah, I played like dog shit. Yep. Um, it just sluggish game you know it's one of those games where your just team comes comes out sluggish and you just uh, just get beat and you look like you know if you guys were trying to prove to me that we are not ready for silver you did a great job yep (laughs) did you guys win we lost in a shootout lost in a shootout
2: brutal tyler scored in the shootout though i was
3: scored
0: (laughs) yeah i was bar down too yeah you know it I got. I that got this lucky. No, means no, I, means I fucking nailed it.
2: Fucking
3: bar down, dude. Yeah.
2: Wow, well, that's no impressive. Chance. Yeah. Well, as you guys have heard, they lost, and they're not ready for silver silver league, so they're going to continue playing at that bronze poopy level of bronze.
3: Just wait. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> It'll happen. We'll
2: get this It'll over. Happen. It was just one bad uh, game this week. Should happen this week. Tyler is traveling across the world to Oregon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what are going to be doing Oregon, man.
0: Yeah. So, uh, our, our, uh, staff at LMU were, were one down. So, uh, the athletic trainer that left was, uh, the women's basketball athletic trainer. And if you know anything about college sports, basketball season is starting now or has already started. So we're kind of having to pick up the pieces there. So I will be traveling with women's basketball to Oregon state, uh, at the end of the week. So it should be fun. I mean, it'll, I, I do enjoy the travel part of it. Um, It'll be cool to experience a, a trip with a team I'm not used to. So it should be a fun challenge. But yeah, so that, that's why I'll be uh, Thursday through Saturday. We'll be I'll be in uh, at Oregon State. I, or I'm already forgetting the name of the city that it's in. So it starts with a C. But
2: Corvallis.
0: It's something like that. That sounds right. Corvallis, Corvallis.
2: That's the only city I know in Corvallis, Oregon. That's a- am available. i Is right Three three one. yep nailed it <laughs> and stat guy trading over there has been at work kind of hybrid of in person for a while now you liking it you loving it how do you feel
3: yeah i did actually like the, the hybrid situation i mean I, when you know when the pandemic hit i didn't know how i'd feel about working from home dug right in loved it and i didn't want to go back until you kind of realize that it's nice to see your your friends and your work and your and your co-workers so you get a little bit of both, right? So we, you know, my start my three days, my first three days of the week are are at the office, and then I can end the week at home, which is nice. And uh we get a we get a week, a day off this week. So that's nice.
2: Wow, that's that's impressive. Uh and that day off, we're gonna be playing golf. Fun fact. So we anybody uh, yeah. who's listening, I guess we do need a plus one for golf. You can be playing with me, Traden and our buddy Jose, who is bad at golf, but nonetheless, we need a plus, we need a one, we need the fourth. So if you ever want to come play at 1230, Alex, that's that's for you, buddy. Alex, be there. Breaking news, though. Right now we're about the fourth quarter of the night game, the Monday night game, and Eric is winning by 10 points. Wow. So Eric might have his first W in fantasy football this week. If Deontay Johnson does not score a touchdown, if Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steel scores a touchdown in the next quarter, Eric loses. So I kind of hope (laughs) he scores a touchdown. But other than that, <laughs> we're going to get right into the podcast here, the meat of the podcast, what you came here to listen to. And we're going to talk hockey. Traden, it's all you, man. Holy puck, boys. We are, what, two and a half weeks, three weeks into
3: the into the season, and it's been quite a roller coaster. Um, you know, there's some teams that are, I mean, the first, I guess the first 10 games was kind of like, you know, interesting to see where kind of everyone started to, to fall, you know, in terms of their standings. And if you know me, you've heard on this podcast a couple times. In my eyes, it, where you are at, at, at uh, American Thanksgiving is where you're kind of American destined. Thanksgiving to me. gets me every time. I made a joke about this last year. Same type of thing. This is now that we're in a real year. You know, we're we're, we're a few weeks from that now. So um, you know, it's it's starting to heat up. But we have some we have some good good news that that uh, kind of happened here. We we are actually going to go through three things. One of them we're all going to kind of um, chime in on, and that's what we're going to start with because it's probably the biggest news um, of the last week, um, especially or at least from the last weekend. Jack Eichel has finally been dealt. The saga is finally over. Three weeks late, I did not get any money back from that bet I made with James, I was three weeks late, Buffalo, Buffalo decided to just fuck me. I mean, just like they, you know, kind of fucked over Jack Eichel it's kind of, or, and their fans. That's kind of what they do. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys the detail. Jack Eichel is going to Vegas um, surprise, surprise Vegas is once again in for a big hot button player Um, kind of as par for the course for this team. Uh, I'm trying to. F- I believe the. I'm trying to get the uh, exact um, trade uh, details. But it's, but before I say it, before I get there, this saga has been going on for seemingly forever. I mean, you, and we talked about this earlier. Um, you know, in this podcast, Jack Eichel. The whole thing kind of occurred with with uh, with Buffalo. He he needs neck surgery. The Buffalo Sabers wanted him to do one one procedure. Jack Eichel doing loads of research wanted to do something different that would get him back you know back uh, allegedly back sooner but more importantly would would have a better uh, um, i guess life outside of hockey past hockey because if in case people forgot people have a life after they're done with their sports you know they play until they're 40 and then they still have like half their life to live so uh unfortunately um hockey is a business and that's kind of what got in the way here but There was a trade that finally occurred. The Vegas Golden Knights are acquiring Jack Eichel and a 2023 conditional third round pick in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a very hot, um, hot young um, rookie, uh, 2022 conditional first round pick and a 2023 conditional second round pick. Um, Guys, on the first button, I guess right off the bat, Tyler, what do you think of this trade? I mean,
0: wow. I mean, Vegas does it again, man. They just, they always seem to be in the middle of these crazy trades. Um, You know, uh, not really too surprised, honestly. I think that's just how Vegas is, man. They're, they're, they go for it. Um, I'm definitely kind of excited that it's uh, done with. And, you know, I think, I think that the trade rumors of when players are supposed to leave or not supposed to leave, it gets annoying after a while. Um, So I'm glad it's like, we've figured it out. Eichel is now a Knight and we can move forward Um, obviously he won't be playing for a while as you mentioned Uh, but yeah that uh, certainly makes Vegas a very very intriguing very dangerous team they already were and but the one thing that they lacked was a really good center and really good uh, and really good scoring well they just got it so look out
3: yeah I mean it 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 kind of scary is I mean I think we've talked about this on the podcast the Vegas have has struggled with the goal scoring, but they've really struggled down the middle, which if you look at every other team, that's kind of one. And, and how I would build a team, it's down the middle, at least on the forward side. Um, You're seeing that you're seeing that in, in uh, Tampa Bay, you're seeing that in Edmonton, you're seeing that all all across and that's just how you kind of win. Um, James. How do you, th- look? For looking at it from Jack Eichel's perspective, he's going to be able to get the procedure he wants, and he's also going to be joining that Vegas Golden Knights team. How are you feeling if you're Jack Eichel? I feel
2: free. Finally free. Finally able to be a human, make the decision for the betterment of my body. Like, the, uh, the teams might view Jack Eichel's body as their property, but that's not the case. You're paying the man to do what he does, but at the end of the day, it's his body that he has to live with for the rest of his life after sports you said 40 but that's generous not a lot of people make it to 40 people will have long most athletes retire way earlier than that or out of the league and so like he's gonna he's gonna have to live with that body for a long period of time and you have to be comfortable with that um, and he's finally getting the ability to do what he wants and what he needs when you pay somebody like that of that stature of that kind of talent level you're paying him to also use his mind to make the decision that he thinks is best for himself and that's what you get with that and so he finally, he finally gets to what he wants because at the end of the day, you're paying for him to do what he wants to help you win. And so that being able to do that is free and it's going to take a weight off everybody else's shoulders in this entire process. Um, it's no longer something that the league has to worry about because there's a whole, there was a whole lot of smack talk going on between GMs and players about how the organization handled this. And Jack Eichel, got some of that bad rap as well because he was some people are in the camp that he should be doing what the sabers say so on both sides of the equation it's done it's over flip the page move on it's a new chapter it might even be a goddamn new book who knows at this point jack eichel is a vegas golden knight and i'm just a little concerned about how much the knights gave up for this because that's a whole lot of draft capital and a couple of really good players but if you think it's gonna pan out, it's gonna pan out. It could be a huge mistake on Vegas' side. Who knows? If this surgery doesn't go as Jack Echo planned and he doesn't come back to 80% of what he used to be, then sorry, Vegas, but you've 120 billion percent lost that deal. But you're leaving it up to fate at this point. So we'll see what happens.
3: It's interesting to bring that up because the Vegas Golden Knights have been one of the most, if not the single most intriguing uh, I guess expansion teams in NHL history. Let's. They came. They came in elite 2017, 2018. So they had their first. Uh, they had their first draft in 2017, and they got actually three first round picks that year. Just, just because they were uh, an expansion team, they picked up Cody Glass, Nick Suzuki, and Eric Brandstrom. In 20, uh, they traded their way their 2018 pick for, um, for, a, for a high prospect player. In 2019, they they picked Peyton Krebs, who now is is part of the Sabers. Cody glass went to the Preds. Nick Suzuki is with the Habs and Eric Branstrom is with the sins. They have not kept a single first round pick since they've been in the league. And I, I don't know if it's the case that management is so and management and ownership is so focused on winning now that they don't give a shit about their, to your point, they're, they're not, they don't care about their, their future or, you know, if, if this is how it's done in, in Vegas, I, I look at it this way, guys, I look at it how you know I, I clearly want to play for vegas but how long is it how long do players kind of look at themselves and be like i could be traded literally at any time i mean it's there's no team in the nhl that is, that is quite as ruthless with everybody than the vegas golden knights they give away uh they gave away uh, mark andre Fleury, who was a face of the franchise for literally a bag of pucks literally a bag of pucks a an mb or i'm sorry a uh a Con uh cons my Jesus Christ, um, a Vesna Trophy winner, you know the year before. Uh, it, it's it's just amazing that they just don't seem to really care about their their draft capital because they just would rather focus on winning now. And I eventually it's going to bite them in the ass. Um, I guess Vegas is just so focused on making sure that the fan base is bought in within the first five to six years, and then maybe they could they could afford to have a little bit of a full
2: rebuild. Um, Tyler, I'm gonna before, back. You, before you move on to that real fast. I think the only reason why they have the ability to do that is because of the low salary cap that they took on at the, in the expansion draft. Because all the guys are picking up in the expansion draft are players that weren't protected and therefore weren't as valued by their previous teams True. than other people were. So they weren't protected. So they're kind of like the throwaways of the team who didn't because of that that price tag didn't value themselves that well either. And so they come on the team and play team hockey. And they have success. And with that, doesn't come necessarily the statistics that would show that they're valuable players. So they continue to play for the below wage that they really need because at first they were valued very low. Mm -hmm. So the Vegas Golden Knights picked up players who analytically were pretty good, but uh, everybody else in the world weren't valued very high. And so they got them at a bargain price. And that bargain price helps them out and continue to make these deals and these trades that may not seem plausible. But to them, it is because they don't have that years and years of salary cap debt or just the years of contracts because they have contracts on the cheap from the expansion draft. That, that is there, there is
3: some truth to that. Um, however, you're seeing now that that's to start go, going to start biting them. And the reason that's going to start biting them even now is because they have zero cap space. And here's who they have on the LITR, Jack Eichel. Mark stone, both of which are at nine, 10 million and 9.5 million respectively. And they have max Petri on LITR at 7 million. You have to shed. What is that? 24 million dollars before you can bring those three back in. And those three are, are paramount to you going down, down the stretch. So it, it, it's going to be, you're going to have to get rid of, you know, a lot of these young players. I mean, they have like, you know, a f- maybe 8 million wrapped up with, with, Old, with entry level guys, but that's going to, you know, that, that's going to be tough. So to your point, yeah, I think it helped them out for, for, for so long, but then you sign Alex for at 8.8, you sign max patch ready at seven Mark stone at 9.5. And now you have Jack Eichel. It's going to be a very interesting to see how they fit in and don't be surprised if Mac, Pat, max patch ready is traded or. Or, uh, you know, even William Carlson, who's been another face of the franchise, he could be gone tomorrow. Uh, th- this this is a ruthless team and uh, they'll do anything they can to, to win. But I wanted to quickly flip it before we move on is to flip it back to Tyler. And I want to I want you to put yourself in the seat of a Buffalo F- Sabres fan. Your franchise player from 2015, from the draft of 2015, um, who you guys unfortunately, or if you're me, if fortunately, lost the lottery to to get the to get Connor McDavid, you get the consolation prize that is Jack Eichel, which I mean that's not a bad consolation prize by any means, but it turned the 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 whole situation with these two have completely soured, and now you sit here with you know, a, a, a budding star in Peyton Krebs, and you also have Alex Tuck, who's been a, a very um, loyal uh, Vegas Golden Knight. How are you feeling through this whole saga now that it's over?
0: Yeah, obviously, I'm far more pissed at the organization than I am at Jack Eichel. I don't think you can really blame Jack Eichel at all in this situation if you're a Sabres fan. Um, but I, I just, when your team is so poorly mismanaged it's one of the most crushing, defeating things as a fan, because there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, you wish there was a way, you know, fans could like, you know, veto ownership or something like that. That's what, you know, it really should be or something like that. Like if the ownership's that bad, the fans should just get together and be like, yo, you're out, get someone else back in here or someone new in here. Um, but you don't have that power. You know, you just have to hope ownership has the right priorities in mind. Um, and when they don't, and, and when you're, especially a fan base, uh, like Buffalo that is a, is, seems to be a very passionate fan base and um, really loves their hockey. You know, it it's, it sucks. You know, I, I have a lot of empathy for that and uh, it just, it's gotta suck. But I think as far as, you know, this particular, you know, um, story, I think you're at least happy that it's over, you know, and then hopefully it leads to something better. That's all you can do but the, you know what I mean? Like uh, you hope that hopefully it turns, it turns the tide, but you know, at the end of the day, it's going to have to come that, I mean, that organization is so deeply, I think flawed. It's going to take a complete swipe, not from the personnel playing on the ice, but from the guys that are sitting in the front office um, for something
3: like that to change. And who knows when that's going to be, if ever, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, just to round this out. Um, I, I agree with you. And, and as a fan, you know, look, guys, the, the Buffalo Sabres fans are like the Bills mafia, right? They are so loyal to their team. They are the best fans in the NHL. In fact, if you, if you take a poll and they've taken many polls, Buffalo Sabres fans are or Buffalo Sabres are never in the playoffs, but the most viewership for the NHL playoffs comes out of Buffalo. And it's simply because they just love their hockey and they don't, but they don't have a team that is, that, that is worthy of, of, you know, a team that is worthy of that kind of fan, fan uh, fandom. And unfortunately, you also have to look at what, what had transpired. And now that you have ownership, treat a elite, elite player like this, how, how does any other player think about going to Buffalo Sabres? You know, what if any player that, and there's reports that have said players have looked inward and said, what if this was me? Like, why, why am I going to put myself in that position? It's gonna be hard to attract talent at, in Buffalo, unless they can, they can learn from this, but um, we'll see how it goes um we'll see how it goes but jack eichel welcome to the vegas golden knights i am now even more afraid of the vegas golden knights as soon as you come back um for us in the pacific division that are you know whether they're anaheim fans duck uh, duck fans or oilers fans we should be worried boys we should be worried um moving on um we're looking at the top four guy uh teams in each division uh one in each division i should say florida carolina edmonton and minnesota These three teams are at the top of the division. And I guess the big question for you, Tyler, is, you know, you have, you have all these guys at the top of the division. Some of them may be surprised. Some of them may be, you know, that's expected. Which of these do you think is just a case of a hot start? Or do you think any of these teams, if any, are contenders for playoffs in for the playoffs? Not, not to get to playoffs. I think we can agree that most of them will get to playoffs. It's contending in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, of the four, I think there's one team in here. That's definitely, it's just a hot start. I don't really think they're going to be true contenders and that's Minnesota. Um, I, you know, you look at kind of their whole team as they played so far, I think they've gotten a little bit lucky, um, in the, in the, the first few, uh, few games, they got a lot of talent. They've been a playoff team. It seems like every year for the last, I don't even know how long. So I, there'd definitely be a playoff team, no doubt. Um, but you've got to believe that Colorado at some point is going to, going to pick up their game. I think Winnipeg is a, is, a, is, a, is a great team. The St. Louis Blues, I think at the moment, I think is, the, are, is actually the best team in that division as of right now. Um, so there's, there, there's a lot of good teams playing that division. Um, I think that you'll see Minnesota start to fall a little bit. Um, but they're still a very solid hockey team. But in, true, but in terms of being true contenders to like win the conference and make it to the Stanley Cup, I don't see Minnesota being that team. Um, the other three, definitely. I th- I think those other three teams, Florida, Carolina and, and Edmonton, um, all look like very, very good hockey teams. And those are the teams to beat in their conference. I mean, Edmonton right now is the class of the Western conference. Uh, you're welcome trading. Uh, they're, they're playing so well. And you look at, I mean, the top three point point getters that lead the all, all that lead the NHL are all, uh, Oilers. Um, you talk about playing for the middle down, they got probably the three best centers in the league right now. Um, They're playing super, super well. Obviously, I think with Edmonton's story is like, we've seen spurts like this where they play unbelievable. And right now they're starting off that way. It's can they sustain it? And can they play this well come playoff time? That's the big question for them. But, you know, they're, they're, they, they look fantastic. I think this, the Western conference right now is, really all over the place. There's just a lot of teams that, you know, have not been playing well that we thought we would, that thought would Uh, a lot of teams that are off to really good starts. I mean, the sharks have been in a playoff spot all season for goodness sake. Um, So there, there's a lot of weird things happening in, 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 in the West. I think the East for the most part is going the way that we thought it would. I think Florida and Carolina, there's, there's no, there's no surprise that those are the the top two teams there. Um, That was a cool game getting getting to see both of those teams uh, being undefeated, play each other last week. Uh, you know, I think Florida finally lost their first game today. So, uh, both those teams are, are, are playing super, super well. Um, I see the, both of those teams being on top of that Eastern conference when it's, um, all, all
3: said and done. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to, I have to admit that you you're, you're, I think you're bang on, although I have to give Minnesota credit. They they're doing it five on five. They they five on five stats are extremely good. Um, and interestingly, their power play numbers have not been good. This, th- before I looked at the stats today, I was actually going to come on here and say that the, that in terms of playoff contention, I, I am worried about my team. Um, I really was worried about my team. Yes, they're playing absolutely amazing guys. They, their power play is it, this might be the, be- if you're, if you're wanting to see what the best power play is in, of like in league history, this is it. They're at 50% above 50. the 20% average. They're that good.
2: Yeah. It was um, like
0: it's like 50% Edmonton and then I, I don't even know who who's in second but it's like something so the like The Ducks also
2: 50% fun fact.
3: Oh, are they? There you go.
0: Yeah. They but have, they don't get very many right. They have many,
2: 24 right? power play attempts and have 12 12
3: power play goals. That's excellent. Uh,
0: well, whatever. I was really looking at sure they had 11 total throughout the entire
2: season.
3: It was like Edmonton
0: at 50 and the next team Rough. was like was like 26 or something
3: yeah past past uh, i guess past uh the ducks that's where we are at and uh um i mean and before this you know before i looked at um a couple of days ago their 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 five on five numbers were not good um we we were we were losing the the we were losing the possession numbers and i i you know i've been talking to this with my dad i've been talking to this and everyone and i'm like i just need to see more five on five improvement and the last three games they have um Miko Koskinen has played very fucking well, which is very surprising. I don't, I still don't fully trust him, but he has played excellent in, uh, in relief of uh, Mike Smith. Uh, I do think we're still going to go for a goaltender. And I think if we do, and if we can stick this pace, we're going to be okay. Um, the Panthers have been uh, exceptional. Uh, they have been absolutely exceptional, but they've beaten teams like Tampa Bay, Carolina, uh, uh, you know, uh, teams that you normally, like, if you're going to go on a hot start, you'll, you'll normally trip up on, they're powering through them. Um, this Florida team's legit. And I think they're going to be expected to do a lot more than they did last year, get past that first round. And they could be a contender Um, Carolina, I think speaks for itself. They were, they were, uh, they're an amazing team. And I, you know, I love that team. Um, and you know, I, Again, I'd love to see them play the Oilers in the Stanley Cup final again. I want a little bit of revenge. Um, but, guys, I don't know if you guys saw before I move on. Did anybody see Connor McDavid's four against one goal?
2: Yeah, he's, okay. a he's a cheat
3: code. He's a cheat code. What's the most interesting about that is he had to wait for his teammates to get on side, which means he looked up and he had to make a decision to do that. It wasn't spur of the moment. He methodically thought it out, and and the joke was in his mind. He's like, "Oh, it's just four. I can do this," and he just skates <laughs> right down Main Street, and then makes an amazing, uh, amazing play against uh, Gorgiev. There, like it was. I don't think every anybody knows how insanely hard that is to do. Like that's nobody can do that. Not no, not even Ovechkin can do that um which which is really which is really insane um but so. he's one of those
2: guys that sees things in slow motion like in the movies you know when the heart rate yeah. goes up and everything slows down that's conor mcdavid dude yeah he like trains his eyes to see things slower he does yeah, and he just- and
3: um just quickly as a, as an oiler fan it was it's nice to see his reaction Because I think, I think his reaction after that, that goal wasn't necessarily, it looked like he was surprised, but I think, I think there's something deeper in there that he actually thinks this team can win. This is the team that I think is going to get him where he needs to be, where he wants to be. And as an Oiler fan who was very worried about him potentially leaving, you know, in the few years, I think that if this team can make a run, I can be safe to say that he's going to stay with the Edmonton Oilers for a little bit longer, so good. I, I feel pretty good about that. Um, anyway, we're going to move on. Stop. I'm going to stop pumping my own team's tires. We do that enough on this podcast. Um, we're going to move on to the last bit of information, uh, bit, bit of news, which is, which is pretty good. Big news, good news. Um, or, and I guess interesting all around. Carey Price has returned to the Canadians practice facility. Um, he has refu- He is refusing to address the media until the doctors kind of give him the okay. But um, the big question for you, James, you, you, I mean, you love this guy. You love the, you, you, you like the Habs. Does, a, does Carey Price play another game for the, uh, for the Habs this season, or do you think it's going to be kind of held off? Second, regardless if he returns, do you think just him having returning to the team and being involved with the team is going to give them the jolt they need? Because right now, I'm telling them that they probably should kick tires on this season.
2: Okay, first part. Do I think he plays a game? Yes, I do. Um, if he didn't, I think he'd stay in that facility or the program a little bit longer. Um, but I bet he's itching to get back out on the ice given the fact that he's just coming off an injury. I don't know what that'll be. That dude hasn't put on skates in a long time. He hasn't been on ice for a long time. There's a lot of hurdles and a lot of steps he needs to take before even being considered a game time decision or being considered a backup, backup goaltender that they, you know, one of those guys who you find on the street, you know, just to be the backup dude for the home team. E-bug. It's going to be a while till that happens. What's it called?
3: Uh they they it's shortened for e bug, it's emergency backup goaltender.
2: Yeah, he's not even be considered that right now, but he will because I mean this season is relatively young still. We haven't even reached American Thanksgiving, so you know there's a while to go. So he has a long time to do so, but he will, and I don't know when that's gonna be. It might be the last two months, who knows? I don't even know what surgery he had. So, like it could be I, I have no clue. But he will be back out there. If he didn't, he wouldn't be with this team. He wouldn't give this team that false hope that he's going to be back. And to answer the second part of it, does he give this team a jolt whether or not he does hit the ice? And absolutely, he does. He is the face of the franchise. I've said this multiple times before. And it's becoming more and more apparent through watching this, have seen this entire season, that he was the only reason why they went so far in the Stanley Cup final. Like, as far in the playoffs. He carried that team. As Eric would say, he stood on his head and did his job to the fullest extent. And because that, his body broke down. And that's what happens. He is the face of this franchise. He is the face of this team. He's there to rebuild the culture that they lost. When you lose uh, Shea Weber and you lose um, Jeff Petrie and you lose him all in one one kind of go, Like you're, there's you're devoid of leadership and a tone setter for this season. Given the fact that the head coach was the interim coach who was just kind of named – the head coach, it wasn't even management's decision to hire this guy. It was kind of the other other coach who brought him on and he kind of fell into his lap. So does he have the full support? Does he have, does he feel like he can make all the decisions to make this culture be what it is? No, he doesn't. He needs help from leadership on the team and Kerry Price is gone. Weber is gone. Petrie was gone. It's tough. They're having a rough stretch right now and they need somebody to bring them back. And that's what Kerry Price is here to do. It's just having him around shows the team that he battled for the betterment of himself and for the betterment of the team. He came back and he put himself in a situation that some deem to be unmanly, even though it's the exact opposite. It's the most manly thing he can do, but some don't think that way. And he's getting a lot of flack for it, but he he's going to take it as it is because he wants to be better for himself and for the team. If that doesn't show you what it really means to be a true hockey player, I don't know what does. This man has given this team, this franchise, everything he's got. The least they can do is show for him, so ha- having him there every single day, day in and day out, showing them what it's like, it's going to speak volumes. It's going to sh- jolt, as you say, jolt this team. They're going to be lottery bound this year. It's been a tough year. They have, don't have a lot of scoring, but it's a good way to set the tone for the rest of the season and for seasons to come.
3: Yeah, I like that. I like that you brought up the fact that he's really given everything to this franchise. Um, you know, I've 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 had my critical you know, moments of, of Carrie price on this podcast. And mo- some of it is unfair. Um, but my hatred for the Canadians is never going to, is never going to subside. There's two jobs. There, there, there's one job behind the prime minister of uh, Canada. That is the toughest job in Canada. And that happens to be the starting net miter for the Montreal Canadians. The amount of pressure that, 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 those, that, that fan base puts on you that that organization puts on you. Look, I, I, I give I give a lot of shit to my fans and my media for being hard on the Edmonton Oilers and the same for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The and the Toronto Maple Leafs have it worse than the Edmonton Oilers, but nothing is 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 at the level of the um, of the Montreal Canadiens. And that's that, that that franchise to me is a little bit dysfunctional. They they traded away um, amazing players, a team that a team that scrapped together for for reasons that I I can't quite understand. Um, you could, you could say, uh, it was cap issues, but you know, there are ways to make sure that you, you know, maintain your team, um, uh, and the stresses of being in that position for that many years, I, th- I think ha- at least, at least part puts a lot of, pre- you know, put, puts a lot on a, on a guy like Carey Price who just wore it for that many years. And finally he, he needed it. He needed a chance to step away. And you're absolutely right, James, if that, if that organization, and I'm not just talking his teammates, cause the teammates aren't the problem. It's the rest of the, it's the organization. If that organization does not give back to him, I think he needs to leave Absolutely. for the for the betterment of his own well being. Because any other franchise in this league would be would die to have Carey Price as their net minder. So this is this is new. This is to, to the media in Montreal. This is to the fans in Montreal. I know that you know down here in California we're nothing close to you in terms of hockey fans, and I get that. But you got to look at you got to look at the prize and the and the amount of you, you got to look at what you have and um, I'm not saying that you guys are the problem, but I'm saying that you guys definitely don't help things with with the way that with the way that you guys run things over up there and for, for a guy that for has given you everything it's about time you gave everything back to him. Um, but I'm gonna get off my soapbox. That is all the the hockey. Holy puck moments. We have this week, next week. uh, I'm, I'm hoping for some for, for a lot more. Um, we'll, I believe that Jack Eichel is getting his surgery sometime this week, which is huge. Um, he's, he's trying for a three month turnaround, which would be absurd, but, um, Chris Weidman of the MMA who had the same, uh, same, um, procedure came back in three months. So it's not unheard of, but it's a little bit different sport. I do get that. And I'm not an athletic trainer. Or, or anything close to that. So you guys would probably know more than me, um, even marginally. But, um, anyways, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Keep watching the hockey; it's really really good this year, um, and it's very very interesting. And uh, yeah,
2: that's all I got. Thank you, trading holy puck moments is always a good time. And as you've heard, we're not even at American Thanksgiving, so therefore, don't read too much into these teams and how they're doing. We'll see you after American Thanksgiving. Um, I know you guys miss Eric's voice. But lucky for you, we have an ad by him talking about Dimer and his amazing monotone voice. So here you guys go, and we'll see you after uh, that's all said and done.
1: With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on time magazine's best inventions of 2020. dimer started out disinfecting airplanes now they're in hospitals athletic facilities hotels classrooms basically anywhere people might have been sick when it comes to keeping your players employees guests and customers in your facility safe trust dimer for tldr listeners they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas so that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives dot com.
2: Welcome back, everybody. I hope Eric's monitoring voice didn't lull you to sleep. Just kidding. Love you, Eric. His voice does crack somewhere in that ad. I've listened to it a billion times. I know it's there. If you ever heard it, listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm love you for it. It's all TLDR podcast. Anyway, <laughs> Tyler is up next talking about MLB and potential free agents. Tyler you. Thank you, James. Yeah, the
0: 2021 season officially ended last week with the Atlanta Braves being the Houston Astros in six games in the World Series. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. I mean, that was a well-deserved uh, playoff run. Pretty incredible. Uh, I think most fans, sports fans around the country are really happy with that result. Um I think everyone on this podcast would agree. Uh, so definitely congratulations to Traden who correctly predicted the Braves in six. Bravo. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, Jorge Soler won the MVP after just absolutely murdering a bunch of baseballs all series. Uh, the one he hit out of uh, the stadium for game six was unbelievable. Uh, so anyway, but great, great performance all around. But let's look ahead a little bit to the 2022 season. Uh, there are a lot of free agents, uh, big name free agents, Cy Youngs, MVPs, All Stars, all of that that are up for grabs, um, that are looking to find a new contract. Maybe with the same team they were with, maybe with a different team. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun off season. Uh, we we had the the, the the trade deadline. We talked about how crazy it was, how many big names were changing teams at the trade deadline. It could be the very. It could be the very same uh, in the next uh, couple of months here for MLB free agency. So, real quick, just some notable players that are up for for, for free agency: uh, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, Marcus Simeon, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Corey Seeger, Javier Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Starling Marte, Chris Taylor, Nick Castellanos, Nelson Cruz, Max Scherzer, Kevin Galsman, Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw. Robbie Ray, and Kenley Jansen. I mean, damn, that is, uh, if, that, if those guys are on a team together, they would never fucking lose. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty incredible class of, of free agents. So I asked James and Traden to pick two guys of that list or any, you know, they could have been anyone else. There's a lot of other free agents out there, but, you know, just two free agents that they're most intrigued to kind of watch and follow this off season, uh, where, 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 where they'll end up. So either just, you know, we'll start, start with who are you most intrigued with and do you think they'll, you know, quote-unquote re-sign with, the, with their team that they were on, or do you think they'll go somewhere else and where do you think they'll go? So, James, let's start with you. Who are your two big free agents to watch this offseason?
2: The two big ones that I really enjoy are Freddie Freeman and one of your favorite players this year, Max Scherzer. I want to talk Freddie Freeman to begin here. Uh, Freddie Freeman, first baseman, Atlanta Braves, he just has slowly become one of my favorite players because of how much of a stand-up guy he is. He is not an asshole. Do you mean, like, he has the pedigree to be one because he's so successful and so good at what he does. But he's one of the most humble guys ever. He's one of the nicest, friendliest people. You could If you meet him on the street, he'll stop and sign an autograph. I've seen so many videos cause it's Halloween of some kid wearing a Freeman jersey and him walking his, walking with this kid to go trick-or-treating and he just said like he goes up to him is like oh hey that's my jersey and the kid doesn't realize it until he does and he takes off his mask and it's Freddie Freeman and Freddie Freeman was just the nicest dude about it and the time and time again you see videos of him signing bats and giving away things left and right to other to just random people that's what Freddie Freeman is and he's slowly become one of my favorite players he belled COVID early on last season and even in a COVID season where he was struggling he did well he lost 20 pounds before coming into the season. Yet he went on and had having close to another. Did he was the MVP last year? Yes, he was. Yeah, he had an MVP season after having COVID. That was legit. Freddie Freeman is good. And I think Freddie Freeman is going to stay brave. That being the reasons being is because the Braves have a, already extended him a qualifying offer. Um, he's come out and said he wants to be a brave for his entire life. He started his career there. He's going to end his career there. And everybody wants him to stay there. The GM has come out many times saying this deal needs to get done. We're working on it. And it's going, everybody wants him to be there. He is a good person. He is the face. He is a face of that franchise, not the face, but he's been there his entire career and he's done wonders for the community. He's done wonders for the team. And he's not just one of the biggest parts of this Braves team. He's one of the biggest parts of this Braves franchise as a whole he's done so much for this community and everything i think he stays i really do
0: yeah i agree with you on on, uh, on 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 freddie there i mean i think of all the guys that were on the atlanta braves team the guy i wanted to have it to win it the most was definitely uh freeman i mean just as for all the reasons you mentioned he's just he's just one of the most likable dudes in in all the baseball doesn't matter what team you root for you know you've got to love uh, freddie freeman and i agree I, I i do think the braves will find some way to re-sign him um he's just such a huge part of that, that organization coming off a, a world series championship. I mean, he, he's been there since he's been a brave, I believe since 20 or two or 2007 was the year he was drafted. So he's been a part of that organization for a very long time. And I hope he he stays with that as as long as he wants to, I'm sure the Braves are, are going to want him back. I'm sure Freddie Freeman wants to stay a brave. I would be shocked if Freddie Freeman went anywhere else. So I'm, 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 I'm sure the Braves will find a way to re-sign him. Uh, James, who's your who's your other guy that you got this 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 offseason?
2: Max Scherzer. I I don't think he's going to stay a Dodger um, because right now the reports are having him trying to sign a three year deal for somewhere between ninety six to one hundred fifty million dollars, and that's a lot of money per season. You're averaging out to about forty million dollars per season, and I get that he's thirty seven years of age, but playing at the level he's played at for as long as he's played, that's not unreasonable. Give him three years and he's going to come out at 40. Like, that's not an unreasonable age. Like, people have done it longer, and he's playing at a high level. As I mean, if you discard the fact that he had a little dead arm period at the postseason, other than that, he's been playing great. Lights out. Like, father time is undefeated, but he's not showing up on Max Scherzer's timeline anytime soon. The reason I don't have him re-signing with the Dodgers is because the Dodgers kind of need some rotation Right now, as of right now, you have, all you really have is Julio Urias and Tyler's twin at Walker Buehler. After that, you have some question marks. Trevor Bauer may or may not pitch in the MLB ever again. Clayton Kershaw did not get extended to qualifying offer, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Dustin May is still coming back from the UCL. So he's going to miss a good part of the season, if not all of this next season. Who knows? It really depends on how this rehab will go and how everything's going there. And so... Right now, without signing anybody else, you're gonna be relying on David Price, uh, Tony Gosling, other minor leaguers. You don't have much there. And 40 an average of 40 mil a year is a lot of money. You can use that money and kind of spread it around to get actual depth pieces in case one of those big name pitchers or if in case you raise or beer go out. You need depth in the rotation. That's how you win games. You can't spend it all on one person who's 37 years of age who doesn't think they're slowing down. Slowing down, but that's a lot of money to invest in one person. If you can spread that around and help your team out a little bit better, that's what, that's what you're gonna do. And not to mention the fact that the Dodgers have to pay a lot of other people. Corey is a free agent. Like you got to pay, you got to pay a lot of other people in that Dodge's on that Dodgers team. And unfortunately, I don't think Max Shares is one of them. Where do I think he's gonna go? <laughs> There's a lot of teams that he could go to, a lot of teams who are desperate for pitching. Uh, there are a lot of reports saying that he might go to the Giants, which I I don't hate, really. The Giants are definitely a possibility. They have the resources to do so. Um, given the fact that Gossman still hasn't signed as well. Who knows? Could the Giants use somebody like Max Scherzer? Absolutely. Could the Angels? Yes. Could every other team? Yes. It's really a it's gonna be based on how much a team is willing to spend based off payroll. If a team was willing, willing to shell out forty million a year, sign Max Scherzer. Because no, no other team really has the payroll that they need as much as the Dodgers do. The Dodgers are just strapped for cash big time. Every other team right now, this early in the game, you get big on this guy. Yeah,
0: uh, I agree with you. Uh, Max Scherzer is a guy I would love to have back with the Dodgers for obvious reasons. He's just one of the greatest of our generation to play. He, played, he pitched great for us for the two, two and a half months that he was a Dodger. Um, I would love to have him, but he's going to come in an expensive price tag. And I think James is right. I think it's just – I think with – the Dodgers have a lot of free agents, a lot of big, big-name free agents, and I just don't think Max Scherzer is going to be their top priority. Um, I think there's a lot of other options out there, um, and they're going to find a way around it. Um, the Dodgers are notorious for not really going after – big name free agents and signed to huge contracts. The Trevor Bauer one was a little bit out of their, uh, uh, norm, I would say. And it obviously didn't work out very well for them. So, uh, they're, they're, they're notoriously very careful with how they spend their money. So they're definitely not going to just dump a bunch of money on, on Max Scherzer unless for some reason, Max want, wants to agree to like a one-year deal with the Dodgers. Maybe that could happen. I don't see Max signing a one-year deal but he does seem to like LA. So that's the one thing that gives me some kind of hope, but I would love to have Max Scherzer back. But I guess I, I, I just think on the business side of things, it doesn't really make total sense, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, in, who is your first player that you are super interested in watching this uh, offseason? Yeah,
3: um, it's it's two pitchers in particular that you would be, um, you'd be very familiar with. Um, one of which I'm going to talk about the... Uh, is Kevin Gaussman from the San Francisco Giants um which this is very interesting I think Gaussman was a huge uh, you know he he came in and was just was just excellent with the Giants um that you know Giants extended him you know he came he came to the Giants they extended him a qualifying offer for a second season and he got that second offer and unfortunately the Giants don't have the ability to do that again so it's going to be really up to them to actually pony up and and you know pay up if they want to keep him um my 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 guess here is that the giants will do anything they can to bring this guy back um right now i believe they only have logan webb as the lone starter on that rotation which is very interesting um th- i mean that th- that's that's losing a lot that's losing a lot because a rotation while it wasn't gangbusters it was good enough to make it to the to be the best team in baseball during the regular season and be the and make it to the um to the playoffs there um I think that San Francisco will do anything they can to keep Gausman locked up. Um, he, based on his, you know, shortened season that he, that he came. Um, and then this last season that he, that he posted, I, I just think that it's in the giants best interest and they'd be idiots to, to not sign this guy, especially when you only have Logan Webb back there who we saw was as an excellent, is an excellent pitcher, but you, you got to have a good rotation and have a guy that's, you know, that's, been in the locker room that that has done very very well with this team already um you know he's he's gonna sit there and be the ace for the for the for the giants once again um that that's that's what i would expect um that said i do see you know if if the if the giants just can't do it there's definitely teams that i think are going to line up and i think that i think that the cubs are up there um they need to fill a couple spots um the mets need some serious work on their rotation um, as well. So um, yeah, I, I see that there's plenty of I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of teams that really that need a that need a, a player of of uh, of Gaussman status. But at this point, for what for what the Giants did to surprise everyone, they almost fast forwarded their their rebuild to lose him. I think they would completely run backwards, especially the fact that Buster Posey just retired you can't afford to lose a guy like Kevin Gaussman. Um, not, you know, not that Buster Posey is the, the end all be all, but if you ask some people, he, he, you know, it's a, that's a huge loss. And to, and to lose Kevin Gaussman as well, I think, I think would set this team back. So they're going to do anything they can to not let that happen.
0: Yeah. I, I agree on again. Um, I just, I think that the giants are such an interesting team. I tried to predict what they would and wouldn't do all season long. And I was wrong every step of the way. I'm so intrigued to see how this team is going to perform next year, Um, given the pieces that they have, what they're going to add, how aggressive they're going to be in the offseason. They could be a super aggressive team and and sign a bunch of guys that, you know, get them to that next level, or they're going to kind of, you know, stay the course they've been going and develop their young guys and, you know, sign a bunch of just pieces that that, that seem to work. Uh, A a lot of kind of uh, lower level signings, you know, I think with, uh, Farhan, uh, Zayi, the, the GM of the, of, of the, uh, giants. That's kind of how he did it with the Dodgers. He didn't, he wasn't very aggressive in, in, in free agency. He he's more of the development guy and finding and f- kind of finding those diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Um, I feel like that's what they're going to do. So I'm, I think they will sign uh, Gaussman. I, I think that he has a great year. I think he really enjoys pitching in, uh, San, San Francisco, and I, I, as you mentioned, trade I think the Giants need that ro- that ro- rotation depth. Um, I definitely see them re-signing with the Giants. Um, but yeah, I, the Giants for me are like the most intriguing team to watch next year. I just, I they won 107 games when they're predicted to win 72. So who, I have no idea what what's what what's what's going to happen. So it, it'll it'll be really really uh, interesting to see how they how aggressive or not or not aggressive that the Giants are this offseason. season. Uh, who Traden,
3: Who's your other guy? My other guy, hold back the tears, please. Tyler King, Clayton Kershaw. Um, Clayton Kershaw is set to be a free agent, and even more interesting, the 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 Dodgers have done their qualifying offers, and the Dodgers did not extend um, a qualifying offer to Clayton Kershaw. Look, this this is. This is the Clayton Kershaw. The, when you think of the Dodgers, or when you th- when you think of the Dodgers, you think of Clayton Kershaw. When you think of Clayton Kershaw, you think the Dodgers. That's just kind of how it works. He is not going to be a Dodger next year. Um, I'm just going to say that right now. Um, and and I know I know that sounds insane. I know that sounds crazy. But I th- I think I I think that Clayton. I think there's a reason that the Dodgers didn't extend K- Kershaw the, the the offer when they could have um he he's been battling some injuries he's he had he had he's had a rough little bit here especially the the beginning of the season he he did not he did not have a very strong um you know start to the season and then he got hurt and then he's been out so he is facing some injury you know potential and you know if he if he ever does if 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 the injury ever gets bad enough he could be you know you know getting you know getting a surgery and he's going to be out for for long term and we know that the dodgers are 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 trying to contend every single year, and I'm not sure if they're going to risk that. Um, That's 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 all I have to say there. On top of that, I think that Clayton Kershaw is, you know, he finally has an option, an opportunity to go somewhere else. He's earned that. If if any player, you know, at least coming out of that that list of Dodgers that um, that you mentioned, because I feel like over almost half of the list that you you gave at the beginning of this segment were Dodgers it's Clayton Kershaw has earned his right to, to decide his fate. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, I I, look, I'm trying to say that I think he's not going to be with the Dodgers. Don't, don't paint me surprised if he, if he does stay a Dodger, there's, I'm not, I'm going to start with that. But I think that Clayton Kershaw, you know, you know what, maybe he wants to have a little bit of a challenge. Maybe he wants to, maybe he wants to, you know, step, step outside what has been his comfort zone and show, Hey, you know, I can, I can do this. I, I can do this for a team that really, really needs it and as an angel fan i think he may i think he could go to, i think he could fit in with the angels i know that sounds you know kind of home and i get that but look if the the angels are trying to contend everybody on this podcast knows it james you know it this is a team that needs to contend they have two of the best players if not two of two for surely the best players in baseball and they don't even have a chance to sniff the playoffs the the angels need to fix their rotation they, that is their main that should be their main focus. And when you can bring in Clayton Kershaw, he'd stay near home. So it wouldn't be a huge shock for his for him and his family. He knows the area. Um and he could step onto that step onto that team and be a clear ace and be and be and really add an intriguing, you know, part of, of the of the Anaheim Angels. Uh, they it would give fans a bigger reason, even a bigger reason to go see the games. Um and you just you you just kind of make that whole rotation interesting. It's them, or I could see um, the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers. Um, there's a lot of buzz about um, Kershaw signing with them. He grew up in Texas, so this would be kind of a homecoming story for him. Um, I mean, the Rangers aren't trying to, to to get there, but and I'm not sure if 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 that would be a big thing for, for Kershaw. And obviously, like I said, Kershaw hasn't hasn't has the opportunity to decide. And he could look at the angels and say, Hey, maybe, the, maybe I'm the missing piece or maybe I'm part of that missing piece. And, and he'd give, he'd give the, the angels a run for a, a run uh, on his way out. But I, I just think that we'd have a little bit more clarity by now, to be honest with you. And I know it's early in the, in the, in the off season, but um, you know, I, I, th- I think that maybe the Dodgers are looking to move on just because they don't know what the, they're going to have in Clayton Kershaw in terms of his injuries and we've looked at that rotation, and that rotation is is better if it's ever been. I mean, it's they, they Tyler. You can admit they can afford to lose Clayton Kershaw. They made it very far, and they probably could have won that series if it wasn't for a couple things that happened. I mean, they they don't need Clayton Kershaw for the first first time. I know that's hard to hear, but or even admit, but it's probably the truth. So maybe it's time for them to move on and and get someone young younger kind of filling in the back the back because you still have your, your AS, you still have, um, you know, all those guys that are just, you know, excellent. So that's, that's, that's funny, my, that's funny, my that's guess. case that that rotation right now is kind of bunk. So <laughs> we're on both sides
0: of the coin here. Yeah. Um, I would argue at that particular point, if Clayton Kershaw was healthy, we would have had a much better shot at winning that series just because of how run down the pitching was. True. um but so I, I still think kershaw i still think we need kershaw in that sense but he's definitely not like their ace he's not even their number two he's their three at best um as as, as the team is currently staying it is impossible for me to imagine clayton kershaw pitching for any other <laughs> team in baseball it just is not going to happen and i'm not going to even consider the idea until it happens even if it if it does happen i'm going to deny it for forever um I don't even know. (laughs) He is my favorite player of all time. Hands down. He's my, you know, he's just been a joy to watch. Obviously I think everyone can agree. His best days are behind him. Um, I think he can still be a huge serviceable arm in that rotation for, for the Dodgers. I think it makes sense on both sides. I see Clayton coming back. I'm not really concerned about the Dodgers not offering him a, a qualifying offer. Those qualifying offers are kind of formality, um, it's very rare when players actually accept qualifying offers. Um, and I guarantee you Clayton Kershaw was not blindsided by that. The respect that the Dodgers organization has for him and how, what, how Kershaw has, has respect for them. There's something going on. They're in communication. There, there's no, you know, weird, like, Oh, drama. Like there's no qualifying offer. And like, no, this is probably, this is probably planned. I'm sure. I guarantee you the Dodgers and Kershaw have been talking this out, like say, like, Hey, we're not going to extend this qualifying offer. Here's the reason why like, you know, this is what we're talking about. I guarantee you that's being discussed with them. So I'm really not too concerned about Clayton Kershaw not being offered that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm I am a little bit more nervous this year just because you know it is towards the tail end of his career. He has won a world series with them. He's pretty much done everything you can do with a single team in your career. He's done it in LA. There's not much more else he can accomplish. So why not? in the the tail end of your career go somewhere else and try and find something that sparks your career again you know maybe you know maybe maybe the 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 uh, lack of production the last few years has been because he's kind of done everything and maybe he just needs that extra motivation to go on a team that provides that for him that may that's my only kind of the part of me that's a little bit nervous that he might sign elsewhere is because he wants that challenge um but it's just he's got to be a dodger man it's just it's it's gotta happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Just make it happen. Uh, so moving on. So my, my, my top two free agents that, um, I mean, obviously Clayton Shaw for me <laughs> will definitely be, be, be one that I'm watching. But, uh, since trading, you, you, you took that one, I'm going to go with two shortstops. Uh, there's a lot of good shortstops uh, on, on, on the, on the free agent market, but I think the top two for me are Carlos Correa and Corey Seeger. uh, Carlos Correa, Really interesting. I don't think he's going to return the, the Houston Astros, and if he doesn't, I think it's the beginning of the end for that, you know, core group of guys. You know, I I could see the you know Astros just not making the playoffs next year if Krausskrate doesn't uh, end up uh, returning with the with that with the Astros. It's also going to be super weird to see what team he signs with, because you know he should he's a core of that like of the guys that you just love to hate, and so if he's not an Astro anymore, do you still? Not like him as much, honestly. When George Springer signed with the Blue Jays, I kind of didn't really hate George Springer as much, you know. I mean, I still kind of do, but like not as much because he's not wearing that Houston Astro uniform. So I'm intrigued to see how that's going to play yeah. out. I the Houston Astros are not the biggest payroll paying team, um, and Carlos Correa, you I guarantee you, he's going to be asking for as much money as he can. I don't think that the Astros are going to give it to him. So uh, I think he's going to sign somewhere else. Uh, Corey Seager. I also believe a lot of people think that he's not going to resign the Dodgers. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I think Trey Turner, you know, being on the the, the Dodgers now is is a huge reason why Gavin Lux kind of coming through the system. Their infield is pretty stacked as it already is. So they could afford to lose a guy like, like Corey Seager. So I understand it from that perspective, but I want to see Corey Seager as, as as a Dodger. I just think his bat, especially in in the postseason is so valuable um he's just such a great professional hitter um I'm honestly not super confident the Dodgers are going to resign him I think they're going to go for it I think that they're definitely going to give him I think of all the free agents the Dodgers have like that's going to be their guy that they focus on the most in terms of offering the most money the most years Corey Seager is going to get that attention um I think it just comes down to Corey Seager I don't think Corey Seager is as diehard of a Dodger I don't think he's as committed to being a lifelong Dodger as some 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 other guys um, I, 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 could see him going somewhere else, especially if a, if a different team, uh, offers him a, a, a lot more money. Um, but for me, those, those are the, the biggest ones. I think, uh, Correa and Seeger uh, for me are super intriguing, but there's, there's so many great, uh, free agents. Kenley Jans is a, a, another one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean. Going to up, like up and down the list. Uh, Nick Nick Cassianos, so that bat in any lineup, plug him in. He's going to be a he's he, he's going to be a huge factor. Starling Marte, one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. Um, just so many great great free agents. It's going to be a a, a a fun off season. So hopefully you guys are tuned into that. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, man. It 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 gets crazy. Uh, the it seems like don't don't expect team, the the these free agents to sign before the new year. I think all these guys are going to wait till the very, very, very end, like late January, like right before spring training starts. So it's going to be a lot of rumors and buzz and, you know, blood boiling and we'll eventually figure it out at the end, but uh, definitely looking forward to uh, this offseason season. And this is probably going to be my last baseball segment for a while. i uh, been trying to kind of brainstorm ideas of what I'm going to talk about for the off season, but winter is coming and uh, baseball, baseball is over. So it's going to be frozen for a few months here. So we'll have to wait for that spring, spring heat to thaw us out there. But uh, yeah,
2: uh, James, that's all I got for baseball. That was a great segment, Tyler. Um, I just wish I had maybe 10 bucks for every single time you said winter is coming. Cause I'd maybe have $200 by now. Ah, I love that 72 episodes. That's pretty nice. (laughs) I want to do a quick update here for everybody, just for fans, Football sick, Eric. I talked about your about possibly winning his first fantasy football game. Has won his first fantasy football game. Everybody. Hey, Monday Night Football is over. He won ninety seven to ninety four. He won by three points. So Eric oh, is wow. no longer um on win. Defeated. He yep. Yeah, 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 Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Traded and barely won. He won by. He won with a shit score. Let's just say that he yeah, had 76 bad, points. Battle of the shitty. You scored. won with 76. <laughs> yeah. Cause Mike Brown is 59. Oh. That's that is a poor showing. Uh, Alex lost. I, I won again. Cause you know, I'm just really good. And Tyler with the best score of the week. Yeah. 138 points. Thank you, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> thank you, Lamar Jackson. And thank you everybody for listening, for tuning in time after time. Again, I know you guys miss Alex and Eric. Um, sending good vibes to them you know because alex is doing his job and eric has a new job so i'm sending good vibes to them and sending good vibes to you for the rest of your week thank you for tuning in thank you we appreciate you have a good rest of your week and we'll see you next week